knowing the difference between an attachment and love. Things just work out that way. And I feel like relationships are deeper when you make them more unconventional. Getting therapy is now becoming a performance as well. If you're gonna take a digital detox, don't tell people you're taking a digital detox. For me, it defeats the purpose. <laughs> You're listening to the Aftergrad podcast. I'm Victoria Gilbert. And I'm Robert Kane. And we are your fellow Aftergrads, simply trying to find clarity and security in this postgrad moment. Today, we're bringing to the table the topic on being alone, feeling like you are in solitude or seemingly not alone, but internally you feel isolated and not heard or seen. And so in this particular moment in the 20s, I feel like that is heightened. That is not just a season, but a chapter that tends to not go away. But then in retrospect, when we did our readings and, you know, looking at life and hearing from people who are older than me, it seems like this is a feeling that will never actually go away. But then it's just now we're experiencing this on another level with social platforms as well, making us feel like we need to be closer or we need to cut people out and double tap and like, and then capitalizing on it and so forth. We're just going to, you know, it's, it's a little nutshell that cracks open into a lot of things that kind of have to be combed through in our postgrad moment and how we can stay vigilant and how we receive solutions, quote unquote, or how we deal with these feelings that we're experiencing right now in this moment. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to unpack with this topic of being alone, because I mean, if we take it all the way back to like two years ago, right, when we both graduated or people shout out to the people that are graduating literally in a few weeks or a few days, whatever, mm. like, welcome to the yeah. aftergrad fam, bam, we love to have you. Thank you for coming through. But it's a part of that journey of, I guess you can think of it as being separated from your community because you spent four years, if you were fortunate enough <clears throat> to go to university. And then all of a sudden, that community, that friendship, that group of people that you called family is now separated oftentimes. And in that instance, you might feel alone. And then it's also kind of weird and I guess maybe somewhat like a paradox in terms of the postgrad moment, because with social media and with technology, the argument is always that we are enabled and allowed to be closer to one another. But then when you get into the thick of it, you don't feel that way, but yet you right. still have instantaneous access to your friends thanks to the power of iPhones, technology, devices, the internet. But those digital connections sometimes don't feel like enough. And so I guess today's conversation is just a contemplation on those thoughts because I, I we are not coming to the table with answers. I know I'm certainly not. I no. think this is just kind of like an open dialogue to yeah. start to understand like where we're at in this moment. Yeah. Is it better to be alone in certain moments? Is that a necessary mindset or moment to live in? Because I definitely find moments within myself where I do really want to be alone. But then when I'm thinking about moments in which I'm trying to heal from certain things or building community, I definitely need to lean in to friendship and to community like I'm so fortunate to have with you, Victoria. So I guess right. that's that's what today's conversation is about, right? Yeah. Like solitude, loneliness, isolation. And obviously that was so heightened with the pandemic and yeah. where we're at. But I mean, I'm sitting here looking at you and then I'm thinking about where I'm at. It's just like, 
gosh, we've grown so much, Victoria. Like the disposition, the mindsets. Like, yeah, I feel like if we were having this conversation two years ago when we first started the podcast, it would be like weighing more heavily on our spirit. But I feel so light coming to this conversation because yeah. I feel like we've learned so much and also we've been able to not take ourselves so seriously when thinking about the things that that hurt us in this right. way because like it is a very right. serious matter but you know I'm, I guess I'm thinking about the younger folks who yeah. might be stepping into this reality for the first time and feeling as if there's no way out there mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. and I think that one of the solutions so to speak is just putting one foot in front of the other right. and doing everything that you can to find solutions right and that's what right. we want to talk about today and I think it all started, not that it did all start, but one thought that stood out to me when you were just speaking was, I remember when I was in college and that's still like on the incline of like Instagram in particularly, but people were like, oh, okay, do you remember when everybody was doing a fast? They're like, I'm doing a 14 day cleanse or I'm doing a fast from social media. And <laughs> to me, okay, that's a, that's a form of like removing yourself from social communities, right? But then I asked myself, like, if people are still doing that today and like me, I'm practicing that every day, like not re really showing up on the social media platforms. But when I'm removing myself from that social community, it doesn't necessarily mean I need to also isolate, isolate myself in like the community that, that I'm physically in, like right. my actual reality. And I think that needs to be expressed and be more clarified especially for people because they're thinking oh it just means like shut off from everyone but no I've been taking a rest from that way and that method of socializing and have definitely grew immensely in this past year in socializing within the actual physical community in the coffee shops in the church mm -hmm. um, with coaches with my loved ones with friends and that isn't it's not Mm -mm. We're not really seeing that on no. the IG platform. I think one thing you mentioned, you brought to the table today a, I love the article. It was a, what is the title? Do you want to? It's called No Good Alone. No yeah. Good Alone. It's an article that's published on Substack. And Substack is a beautiful platform for those of mm -hmm. you that might not be familiar. It's a startup that I think was founded, I want to say in 2016. I could be getting mm -hmm. that date wrong, but it's a fairly new platform in terms of the recognition and I guess you can say hype and attention that it's getting but yeah. it's a platform where you can basically start writing very easily without all of the technical difficulties of maybe yeah. like a WordPress or something and I, I absolutely love it and we have a newsletter on there so people yes. should definitely follow us there and come hang it's a blast yes and she spoke so candidly about just her perspective of what the gram looks like and how perception is so key and then like you teaching me so much about marketing and how you can tell a message and instruct someone to do something without any words at all and so what there was one point in the article where she was expressing how like you're posing without anyone around you or <laughs> you know it's just a tripod in you and so forth and so it's just like kind of translating to the person as they're viewing your image that you are withdrawn from the things that can hurt you, you're withdrawn from people, you're withdrawn, you know, and you're truly just living your best life or your best self. But, yeah. and that in our, the, the times that we're in, it's really pushing forward. But what I'm seeing being pushed forward is getting mental help and getting yeah. um, therapy, therapy. Yes. Getting counseling, which is all well, Wonderful. but absolutely. Again, back to my foundation that I live by is when everybody is running towards one thing, 
there's something happening that you need to look for in the other direction. And yeah. so, and then another model that we kind of live by is like, take everything with a grain of salt. And I'm, I'm seeing this huge influx of people shipping out the idea of having friendships and relationships and definitely shipping in the idea of paying for a professional to hear you and to really understand you and to make you a better person. Right. Um, and, and that being possibly the only source. The only source. And I think that's kind of what that article is making the point about. Like therapy can do a lot of good, but then also it becomes an issue when people are kind of trying to per perform perfection or a healed mindset, mm -hmm. basically by signaling to the world that I'm in therapy. Like I've right. done this, that, and the third to improve myself, to work on myself. And the article basically makes a point that there's limitations to that, not to mention the fact that generally we're paying for mm -hmm. therapy. So it's a relationship that is established under capitalism, which is all well and good. Like it definitely mm -hmm. talks about the benefits of therapy. And I've even talked about how I'm going to eventually go to therapy and can't wait for the moment when I'm able to afford therapy. Right. And I think also what we wanted to talk about too, at least for me, what I was thinking about before getting into this conversation, and it applies to something that kind of recently happened to me a few days ago, basically. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to think of a way there was something weighing on my spirit. And there was a particular person, my mom, namely, that I was thinking about something that happened or just the nature of our relationship in the past. And I needed to address this and therapy would have been my go to option in terms of how I wanted to address it. But okay, that's not possible. Okay, but you still have to figure out how to move through life and get this off your chest. And so mm. I think the article, it's titled No Good Alone. And so I said, okay, what could I possibly do to kind of alleviate this tension that I'm feeling in my spirit? Mm -hmm. And I just sent a long text to my mom, basically explaining what was on my heart, just like very plainly and transparently. Mm -hmm. This is what is bothering me right now. And I was very clear, like, and I'm a very thought out person, right? So my intention was basically to find an, a location in which I could send these emotions because they, currently they were building up inside of me and mm. it felt very overwhelming so i was like okay what what can you do besides therapy okay well maybe you can and not trauma dumping right but just explaining yeah. the situation and that's also kind of what the article talks about that there's a few options like i could have sat with that by myself in isolation in solitude and maybe ruminated with those thoughts and emotions or i could have taken what we are kind of talking about today like an emotional risk right and engaging with those emotions and reaching out to the people that might have harmed you or wronged you in a particular way. Or sometimes people, you just never know how people will respond. And that's where the risk comes in, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know how my mom might respond to me expressing something that we have had a lot of tension over in recent mm -hmm. years. But I'm here to tell you that the conversation that ensued after me sending the text and then calling her and us having like a two hour conversation about everything and I'm being able to unpack what? some of those things was phenomenal and so well worth the emotional risk. And so another thing that I wanted to bring up in regards to that. So yeah, I mean, again, that's a possibility for certain people. But you were talking talking about like digital detox. That's what I'm going to use the word to describe. Oh yeah, there as. it is. Like no, nope, a, digi a digital yeah, a digital detox. A there it is. <laughs> yeah, like when when you're getting off of social media and you're like, okay, yeah. I'm separating away from this particular social community. I just wish and so this kind of goes into like the marketing speak. This goes into the ways that we perform our personalities online. But if you're going to take a digital detox, don't tell people you're taking a digital detox. For me, it defeats the purpose. <laughs> like you're, you're, you're performing, like Say you're, feed, you're right. feeding in right. to the mechanism of yeah. what social media platforms desire from mm -hmm. their users. 
right? So if you're, for me, like your digital t- detox is nullified in void in full by you performing and vocalizing that you're taking a digital taking detox. A like you can't, you can't even take the digital detox. Like you, like you can't even take the yeah. digital detox without yeah. engaging on the social media platform to let yeah. people know like, oh, I'm just so exhausted by social media. Like it's right. taking so much of my time, but yet you took 10 minutes to write this post to make sure that the right. grammar was punctuated right. appropriately. So yeah, there's, oh, there's so many thoughts that go into that. But I guess ultimately this is kind of like a conversation in regards to mental health in terms of how platforms and technology makes us feel. Stop performing right. with it. Like really find a way to think about how is this going to impact my heart and my spirit right. and not thinking about how other people will perceive it. That right. Way. And not trying to signal to other people, right? Like the only signal that you should care about is how your heart feels. And that's what's missed in this conversation <laughs> deeply. Right. Like I could go so much harder and so much deeper on this topic, but I think that that's like a good entry entry point for this. Yeah, even in the article, it was what's even becoming more problematic to me is that not even just social media, but getting therapy is now becoming a performance as well. And Look at, uh, people are literally seeing it as like... um on their list is a checkbox to say like, oh, I'm going to therapy that this equals, it means that I'm a wholesome person or that I'm becoming, I'm on my way to being per- perfect or that is the ideal because now everybody's like, oh, you go to therapy. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Like I see people who go to therapy and they wear it on their sleeves. Mm. Right. And they're not, they're not people who are close necessarily to me, but like, they want everybody to know that like, this is, I do this, I meditate, da, da, da. And I'm like, when, when you project it, to that point now it's coming across as um like you said a performance and it even got me on a tangent of thought with a recent book that had well more recently it hasn't recently been written but more recently has been publicized and put on a pedestal for others to find the book was how to seduce the seduction Mm, what is it what is it what is the art of the the art of seduction seduction. by robert green yeah we've yes okay so we read this book last year well as of this summer or as of this um beginning of this new year he has been traveling crazy Mm. and his book has been you know hidden like everybody's buying it because they want to understand how to seduce and how to lure people in and like one of the main characteristics that was mentioned in the book was to be seen as genuine, heartfelt, and like always self, like having a really high sense of self introspection. And so I think, but he uses this to seduce people, to lure them in. I just want to clarify that part, but I I think that's what we're kind of turning into with this huge influx of people wanting to afford therapy and how they see what they're getting out of it. I think for me, I want therapy too. But it is not for the sake of, oh, I think I'm going to go in this way and come out whole to be more desirable. It doesn't Mm -hmm. look like that for me. To me, it looks like I have things that I don't want stuck inside of me. I want assistance, figuring out how to get the traumas, the experiences and my tendencies to flow through me. And it's not it doesn't look like it's something I'm getting rid of because those are the very things that made me who I am to this day. It's just simply understanding and intellect and being able to communicate these triggers and these thoughts, but also not letting them own me. And that's how I look at therapy. And I think it's starting to look like to other people, meaning like you are getting rid of your past and you're getting rid of who you once were 
and you're coming out a completely different person, a more desirable person that people are going to be attracted to and that you mm. can um, then have more, you can attract more healthy relationships and so forth. But that's, that's a very skewed perspective of it. And if you yeah. begin to see yourself coming out as a whole person out of that, well, then you're going to be looking for that quote unquote whole or perfect person. And then I hate to break it to you, but no one is. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you come to a controversy, but yeah, it's, it's all about just being very careful of what resources. And right now, one of my only resources is not my only, but my options. <laughs> right. They might be limited. <laughs> right. My, my <laughs> options. I, I have, I think I told you this over Easter, I had a altercation with my mom. We, 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 we had a moment, we had a moment and, um, it, it, the solution for me, normally it would be to sit down with her and to try to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. But in this instance, it was too tough for that to be a solution for me. Yeah. And, um, I didn't know what was. And so I just kept it in. I didn't want a trauma dump. I didn't know who to go to, but we, for, you know, good coincidence, we headed to Houston for Easter and I got to see some of my closest friends mm. and it provided an opportunity for me. Like, I think I don't want to say the friend's name, but they just simply asked me, like, how are you and your mom? Mm. And I didn't know that unlocked like all of my and oh. I was hesitant, like yeah. right before answering that question, I was like, should I tell her? Should I tell her that I just had an argument with like my mom and it's been like heavy on my heart? Da, yeah. da, da, da. But I was like, you know what? I'm a, I'm going to trust and yep. let her have it. But I don't think I'm so conscious of trauma I dumping. I, I don't want it. It's it, I'm learning this lesson yeah. on how to just receive love Yep. and that people genuinely want to be there for you. And it mm -hmm. doesn't come across as you are being a detriment to their well-being. And so that moment we I, we were crying by the end of the night and there was, mm. we found solutions within both of each other's life and we got to a deeper, it was less of, Oh, so good catching up. It was more of, I'm here for you. And then that, ah, uh, just the bond, the bond yes, we felt after we didn't stronger. want, we didn't want, yes, 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 yes. And not to say that that should be my everyday solution, but just to know it was a reminder that it is there and it's an option for me, right? Yeah. Like that I have people around me that do want to be there for me and vice versa. I want to be there for them. And they, they are okay with seeing my scars and they are okay with hearing that even though I'm, I'm feeling where I might seemingly be on a high, I'm actually like on a low. Right. And so, mm -hmm. um, that, that just, just reminding people that that is there because we are constantly reminded that it's not through so or many, that you shouldn't tedious. take the risk or that you shouldn't right. take the risk of leaning into right. those friendships. Right. Because as the article is saying, or advocating against that sometimes mm -hmm. the way that it's promoted is that you should try to do that healing in isolation because yeah. you want to be a burden to other people but again that those are those are your friends right yes you and many <laughs> other aftergrads and other people that have that disposition around not wanting to be a burden or wanting to come right. across as too needy or too pushy but again yeah. we have those relationships for a reason and i would like to think that your friend also as you mentioned learn something in that moment too about how it was, to show yes, up. Yes, it was very right? much, yeah, yeah. How to show up to be like a better friend and to just be like a supportive person. And that's also not the fullness of you all's relationship too. Like that's mm -hmm. the other thing. Like I've been in relationships with friends where <laughs> I've had to cut those friends off um, mm -hmm. because the whole relationship was about trauma dumping or mm, trying okay. to play trauma Olympics. And those relationships are no good for either party. 
obviously. Right. And I mean, I just had to say Saranata to those individuals and wish them well and good and hope for the best for their future and that they could heal from those emotions that they're dealing with because those are serious things. But again, yeah. there's there's ways that I guess we have to to show up for ourselves and for other people. And it's it's no good when we are making it all about ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. But we have to constantly remind ourselves yes. that in those moments when we're feeling, I guess, not 100% or not ourselves, like that's not our fault. That's just right. the moment that we're in. And what a gift it is to be able to share those tough, crazy, unideal moments with a fellow soul who That's the other thing, too, when it comes to these emotional risks. Obviously, you took an emotional risk. You were thinking to yourself, Mm -hmm. should I share this? And your friend was so willing to just say, like, how's your relationship with you and your mom? Mm -hmm. Those are moments to grow together, Mm -hmm. right? And to to strengthen bonds. And I'm kind of in this mindset right now where I don't know where I got this from. I just know that this is the way that I'm thinking these days. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's coming from like, the growth that I've seen in myself from over the past two years, but I'm no longer assuming that I know what I'm looking for. I know I'm oh. not assuming that, yeah. you know, even in, <laughs> like, even as I'm going into therapy or anything like that, like I'm not, uh, of course, submitting. You can take, I'm not yes, yeah, submitting to the timing or more so just, there's just so much that we are unaware of at that every one, hour I, I of the day. <laughs> every time I'm like, I don't know. I don't anything at all at all. And I'm not going to perform as if I do. And right. I'm very comfortable in that reality. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking that with with me into every single engagement to every single relationship that yeah. I have. And, and I have no problem admitting that in the types of relationships that I encounter in, in the future. Like, I, I really don't know what the heck is going on. Mm-hmm. And I would love, I mean, that's kind of where I'm coming at it from. Like, I mean, I was just fortunate to go and visit you too in Dallas yeah. re- recently. Like that, that was a blast. So like we had fun. so much fun. We did a photo yeah. shoot. And then after I left you in Dallas, I went to San Francisco, hung out with one of my friends from university, had a blast in SF, uh, California, my favorite state. Mm-hmm. And I was able to meet some of her friends and, you know, as drinks were flowing, as the party festivities were taking place and things like that. I was able to meet some of her friends and see the community that she was building. And I was just so happy for her because it's just, you don't know how your people are doing. That right? One, and like yeah. you going to Houston, me going yeah, to SF. I got to see, yes. Yes. I just, needed to like physically yes, go on. be there. Yes. Yeah, just like to see your friends doing well. Like that just gave me yes. life to be yes. like, okay, I, I, I'm doing well over here as best as I can. You're over here, like two thousand miles away from me. Mm-hmm. You're you're doing well. You, you seem to have people that love and support you that I've never met, that I was unaware of. But yeah. community exists in so many places, and so I w- it was just a mm-hmm. beautiful thing to be able to witness that mm-hmm. moment. I guess, yeah. You could say. And then even coming back home, like just holding on to that moment, it's a reminder for me, and it gives me motivation to get up and like do do what needs to be. Not not the only motivation, but it just. Ah, just to know that you said it, you said it well, you said it well. I, there's nothing left to be said, but mm-hmm. to know that if you, and but for me personally, for those who may not have that, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. their community is online or maybe that person that hears them and let helps them feel heard and seen to the extent that like other resources can't is therapy. I'm just concerned. Can we talk about how I'm very much so concerned of the huge amount of counselors that are arriving to the scene Mm. and how scary that is like on tiktok the (laughs) other day i was telling you this 
I saw this ad and it was like, you want to be a counselor? You oh. can get your certificate in three months. Wonderful. Three months. Hmm. You can help me. Yeah. Like, like, like I, I'm just, I'm very, and then we're having like these new engines are coming out where like you can customize what you're looking for and so forth. And then you don't know, they could be partnering you up with one of those people who got their certificates in three months. And yeah. so I, that's the part that makes me want to wait. That's mm-hmm. like where I want to, I really want to wait to invest in the right kind of therapist right. for me. But and part of it is like, we can help each other. I mean, just going back, like in, to your point about how everyone seems to be becoming an e-therapist or a therapist, like in yeah. three months, like obviously you aren't qualified yet, Mm-mm. right? Like you might have a talent or a knack for listening. I feel like I'm one of those people, but I would never try to promote myself to be that type of counselor or therapist unless I did the extensive training or something like that. And I mean, that goes to a point about the education system too, about how everything is becoming so credentialed and Mm -hmm. performative too. Right. Mm -hmm. But we, we can, we can use each other or you could, you have other resources other than therapy. That's another thing that kind of crosses my mind is, you know, once you're reaching this level of feeling your higher self or just, just feeling in tune with yourself, and new people start to come into the fold and you're you're meeting new people, you're more vulnerable in the sense that like you're willing to, you know, have new friends and create new communities elsewhere, um, which is another emotional risk. Knowing the difference between an attachment and love, mm. genuine love um, as well, because I think society has us to believe in a certain look a certain way of being and a certain level of like status to be um, idealized. And so as new people come into your life, you don't know whether or not if it's an attachment or if it's an actual way of love. And I, I can understand where people are coming from a place of, well, no new friends, you know, mm-hmm. like no, no, no new source of yeah. people, nothing like that, because like, you know, they're not really down for who I am, like personality wise. How, what are your thoughts on that? That's just a random thought that I'm I for it. Thank you for raising it. I mean, especially mm. if you've been hurt in the past too. Like, I mean, that I haven't one. had to cut many friends off, but there, I, I can think of a handful, right? N- nothing more than a handful, but I can allow myself to believe I can empathize with people that have been hurt and might not want to go through that hurt again in Mm -hmm. a future, future reality. And then also as I'm sitting here, I feel like a feature, like I said a little earlier, a feature of the aftergrad or the postgrad moment is that separation from Mm -hmm. your friends. And so when you are making that transition from university and you happen to be in a moment where that community is seemingly being ripped away. And now Mm -hmm. you're forced to think up new ways and new community with new people that can be very daunting. That can be very stressful to have Mm -hmm. to figure out how I'm going to make friends in this new era, especially when I had such a tight knit group of friends and family on campus. And so Mm -hmm. I think part of it is just So this actually, this is actually really good. I really like the thought that you just raised because something that I had been thinking about is a lot of those friends, I mean, university in general, those friendships are situational. And I don't mean to state that in a way that is disrespectful (laughs) to the seriousness. Brand new. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what creates the bond in the first place. Absolutely. Like on in the Come on. Yeah. 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 So like you're all there going through a similar experience, right? So obviously 
that it, it's much easier to make friends when you're on a university campus because you're all going through the same situations. You might be taking classes that are similar. You know the same professors. Like there's easy ways to start conversations and to build community. And so obviously when you, tra- well, maybe not even obviously, let me not even say that. When you transition, that's no longer there. That structure, mm-hmm. that similarity is no longer there. So yeah. the job then becomes digging deeper, friction, right? Like I was just reading an article and I, I actually like this notion of having to make friends outside of the university campus because it makes you dig deeper right and again that goes back to the emotional risks like obviously there's different ways that you're going to connect with different people people are so dynamic psychologies are multifaceted and your job is getting to the root of each person's psychology and understanding what makes them tick what's their love language what has hurt them in the past? You don't know people's traumas. You're navigating all of those buzzwords, those possible triggers, yeah. those excitements simultaneously while you're trying to survive and make a living, while you're trying to figure out what is going on in the world. And that's stressful AF. I hate that we have to go through that reality, but unfortunately that I don't think is going to change. And that's just yeah. something that you have to become comfortable with in yeah sharing your interiority with other people like being vulnerable that's the only way putting yourself out there however you want to put it these are all categories of emotional risks and that's part of the journey of building the community that you see for yourself after graduating university and it's not easy we're still working on it yeah one of my closest friends who i got to see in houston we went to college together and when we it, it had it's been like two years since we have seen each other from college Mm. and it felt like I was not meeting her again but getting to know her again and we 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 we, I I literally said to her I said dang like I knew the person I got to know the person in college but now I'm getting to know the person before college because we we went back a step she was we got to dig deep into who we were before we met each Mm. other to make an even bigger connection on why we clicked so well when we met each other in college and now we are on this our present state is just understanding and learning our our new bond with that like now I want to know her family now I want to know her sister I got to you know hear how her how things are like family on I don't want to get too detailed yeah. and so forth but it's going beyond the college experience and as so it, it I, I say all that to say it's like yeah like we kind of need to look at all of them as new relationships as well okay because those are the new conversations I'm having with friends I are that pre-exist already it's like we're asking each other what is your love language has it changed over the course because we're changing we're changing our brain Every doesn't day. even develop until we're like 25 and so um, how dare we also don't even give ourselves the uh, or give other people the opportunity mm-hmm. to be a changed person or mm-hmm. elevated in a certain way from experiences that they're experiencing that aren't similar anymore from the basis of college. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah. part of it. Yes. Like you said, how how dare we not give grace or credence to the fact that we're changing and knowing that we're changing and not allowing other people to change. And I mean, mm-hmm. I. I for me and you, I feel like we experience that change together. Like I, I, I see your change and you see my change mm-hmm. so transparently. There's not a moment where we have to reconnect and update each other <laughs> on our change because we had been living together. We're yeah. doing this podcast. We communicate like almost every other day, <laughs> at least every week. Like, like our change. It's like, girl, you weren't thinking like that a week ago, but I, I love this. This is good. You're right. Good growth. <laughs> 
But it yeah. was so beautiful to see when mm -hmm. I went to San Francisco and hung out with one of my mm -hmm. other friends because that exact thought is what I was having. I was like, oh, this is a new relationship. Mm -hmm. And this is beautiful because I get to see the growth. I get to see how you've changed. And I, ha I still have more work to do in this relationship mm -hmm. because I don't know who you are in the most beautiful, positive way I can make that statement. I, I, you, mm -hmm. You've changed. You've grown. Mm -hmm. you're, in a, you're, you're a woman. You're like <laughs> proud, proud, like just yeah. the growth. And I, I say this yeah. as the person that I'm talking about. I was this person's mentor, also mm -hmm. friend, but I, I was that person, at least on the university context, who I was kind of, I guess you can say, uh, a confidant, someone that this person might lean into for advice. And so, and, and I never viewed this relationship as me from a standpoint of being older that I knew more than this person. Mm -hmm. And this person, definitely knew this because our relationship continues to thrive and flourish mm -hmm. to this day but it was just beautiful to be able to see like I mean this is someone living in her own apartment doing her own thing in SF an expensive city figuring mm -hmm. the life out I was just so proud to be able to just see to see growth on all fronts from not just her but just other young folks that are out there doing the thing figuring it out trying to make a way in this genuinely too if i may on. say yes. not trying to piece together to make things look perfect you know oh that that part it, uh, yeah that part and i feel like that's a staple of the relationships that i cultivate like mm -hmm. people that i run with i mean we're not trying to make it look perfect right and I, that, that's just yeah. not appealing to me yeah. i i i see through it unfortunately yes. now the, yeah. the third eye is opening yeah okay? yeah. yeah it's very yeah. wide open very and wide i think open. i want to say that part too is like when you start to understand that the com the complex the complexity of relationships that third eye really does open for knowing whether or not new relationships are for you or against you mm -hmm. um and that's what in the article it was saying yes it's a, it's a risk you don't know if you're you know opening yourself up to being hurt or you know maybe growing but it's just that's the process that's where the passion comes in and that's where the genuine love and not something that you have to pay for mm. comes in that's what comes with the cost of that you know yeah. and it, that's where the real growth happens i even think back to when this our relationship resurfaced mm. back when we were still on our respective university campuses and we were still yeah. trying to figure out like what our post-grad reality was going to look mm -hmm. like. And I mean, a big emotional risk that you took was, I, I feel like I considered an emotional risk as we're having this conversation, you yeah. reaching out to me. Well, it was, because I talked it out with my mom. Yeah. I said, mom, I have this feeling. <laughs> yes. And I really want to ask him, should I? And yes. I talked about it with her for like two days wow. before actually sending you that text, I would to be honest. I would love to just have been able to I was so scared on that conversation. I imagine so, because that's just so, I, I think about that. And it's I actually so wrote random. about that. It was so random. So spontaneous. I also wrote about this. We were talking about Substack newsletters earlier. So you should go check out our Substack newsletter, Unlearn, subscribe to Unlearn if you haven't already. But I wrote a post basically detailing this exact encounter and how it made me feel and how I think about relationships. But you sending that text, basically admitting to applying to Fulbright, hoping that you got it, then us checking back in and us not getting Fulbright and what that meant. You saying, I think we should start something. I don't know if we should travel together. I don't know if we should do a project together, just all of these crazy propositions and proposals coming from out of nowhere. Like, nowhere. can I just, can I just get my footing? Like, can I just gather right? myself <laughs> before I think about starting a business, a brand? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And it's just yeah. like, thank you, friend. They, like, <laughs> no, like you're really messed up for that. You really, you really <laughs> ate that up. <laughs> like, yes, because here we are, because when I tell you, and again, mm -hmm. that's what made me be like, no, this 
is something important because genuinely that's how I think. Like you said earlier, when some people are running to a particular thing or trend, you're running the opposite direction. I was thinking I hadn't seen anything. I mean, we were living in such uncertain times as it was. And to be so bold to restart a relationship with someone who at most was an acquaintance at that time, if we're being Mm -hmm. truly honest, right? Like we had hung out, but still acquaintances, didn't know each other fully, hadn't spoken in about six years. Mm, To then decide to move to a random city that we had neither lived in, neither of us had been there. Like how hilarious, but then it's, it, 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 things just work out that way. And I feel like relationships are deeper when you make them more unconventional. Personally, that's just me and my reality, right? I don't want something conventional. Yeah, kind of in closing, not really in closing, but kind of in closing, I just highly recommend the show that recently came out, Beef. I think they did a phenomenal job illustrating how crazy it feels to release, to seek self-healing while simultaneously reach ec- like economic success or social mobility coming from, you know, having the, tr- not the traditional, but the American dream story where you start, a, you start from the bottom on the way up and then trying to compartmentalize all those emotions in yourself and create this bubble of like the right person, the right home, the, the, the right way of existing and being and finding Zen and so forth, but ultimately just making you want to explode and having this also simultaneously like this fear of passing down generational trauma. Like they did an amazing job mm. with that show B. Um, I think it, it, what everything we're talking about today, it's not necessarily exactly on point yeah. with what beef has to offer, but there is a fraction of what we talked about today that is in that you see in this show and not necessarily, again, we're not here, like you said at the beginning to find a solution, but to me, I always find some form of solution with seeing that I'm not alone in it and seeing that this is a common feeling and a it just it's it's an obstacle that everyone has to face and that we're all just trying to get over. And just like you said earlier, just taking step by step and not faking it in those steps. It, it's it's that part. And that's when the attraction and the right people um, will come around. Maybe not initially, but eventually, right? And just having the trust factor in that as well with yourself and that grace with yourself. Anyway, so please watch. Yeah, <laughs> please watch, I, I, I mean, it's the second or third time you've mentioned it to me. I've seen the yes. co- I've seen the cover art of the show, and <laughs> God, I cannot remember the name of the Asian actress slash comedian that stars in it, but I know she's hilarious. Um, mm. If I can. yeah. If if I'm yeah, well I I know this. I can't remember what else she's in, but I'm definitely gonna add it to my list. Ali uh, Wong. Ali Wong, that's her name. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, it seems it seemed like something that I'd be interested in, but mm-hmm. I just haven't gotten around to it. I've been so mm-hmm. I've been stuck in my anime bag, as I've mentioned to you numerous occasions. For those of yeah. you that watch anime, I'm currently watching Vinland Saga, Vinland Saga season two, which it's 
it's definitely it's a deviation from season one in in a mm. good way. I mean, it, it explores really potent themes that pertain mm. to life in general, as most anime does, which is why I love watching anime because mm -hmm. there's always a corollary with I mean we talked about that too with Avatar the Last Airbender like mastery yeah. of multiple <laughs> elements and things like that like having multiple yeah. lives having a higher purpose or destiny and things like that there's mm -hmm. always a corollary with anime and I love it for that reason but I'm gonna mm -hmm. add beef to my watch list and oh we were yeah. also before we started recording talking about industry how I how I skimmed kind of season two when I need to go back and do a full thorough watch because <laughs> uh, season one was was a blast was very well executed in my personal opinion mm. but yeah I guess that's that on that solitude isolation I don't think we've offered solutions but what I have enjoyed about this conversation mm. is I feel like we've reflected on how far we've come what this journey has looked like for us and then also to your point about I don't there, there's some philosophical quote where it makes this abundantly clear but like you just said when you're able excuse the police sirens in the background but your point about seeing other people go through the same thing that you're going through allows mm -hmm. you to feel some degree of safety and connectedness to your own personal experience and this mm -hmm. idea that it will be okay for you because there's someone else that mm -hmm. has gone through the same thing and when we're navigating these realities and situations seemingly in isolation sometimes actually in isolation it can feel like we are the only person that is going through that mm -hmm. experience having those types of emotions but generally mm -hmm. i would venture to say that that's not true and the task becomes finding people that are wanting to explore and heal from certain things in a way and I, and and the way is super important too. Mm, like right, like the, the way because I, I'm thinking about in terms of us building, just the careers and the lives that we want. There's a particular type of mindset that I'm willing to build with, and then there's particular types of mindsets that I'm unwilling to build with. And you can take that how you want to take <laughs> that. But my point mm -hmm. is that you have to find people that think and operate in a similar way and they don't have to be the same type of person as you but there's a particular way that brains are hardwired where <laughs> people's interiorities and personalities and desires and dispositions use in a very interesting way that builds synergy that can't be found elsewhere so mm -hmm. i think i'm gonna leave it there <laughs> uh, but actually i don't want to leave it there because it's Come reminded on. me of a point that we once talked about that we kind of wanted to bring to this episode it was being careful with not creating an echo chamber mm. as well is like to have genuine conversations and perspectives to actually grow to actually see the growth that from this way of sourcing you know, solution within self and, you know, isolation and yada, yada, and not necessarily like the therapeutic way, but, but needless to say, both are valid, both mm -hmm. have valid cons and pros. Um, but back to the point, understanding that, and we were, we were getting at this when people say, okay, well, I find solution in online communities, right. And like mm -hmm. finding people who literally think the exact way I think and have the same perspective and how that can weaken the diversity of thought personally for me of how you see things and then how we we end up not really propelling ourselves or growing as a human or simply growing in a topic of choice of like you know moving or pushing something forward that needs resolution and we end up not coming up with any solutions at all because i think there 
we're talking a lot about, I know I might be ranting, but I'm just thinking about, okay, the most obvious point is politics. Like no one can ever find solution. Like we can't, we can't have clear conversations and yada, yada, because everybody's so stuck in their way of thinking or their community or their platform of thought. And so we are now living this generation who have really strong opinions and it's a beautiful thing, but we end up not forming any kind of, or having any kind of progress in anything that we do or anything that we feel as well. So, Mm, um, for me, yes, yes. It's the, it's the feel part for me that I really wanted us to briefly talk on. I'm sorry. I know we said we were closing, but I remember us talking about this in the living room and I was like, Whoa, Mm. hold on because, (laughs) but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. The basis of having people who have a method of thinking and being able to remove their biases or being able to be very self-aware to not trauma dump is very critical in people I also talk to and develop relationships with. That's a big common feature, but at the end of the day, like they come full fledged with different experiences and perspectives that make our conversations more, let's say robust. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's, let's say robust, but I'm not going in saying, I feel this way about my mom because of this. And they're like, you have every right to feel that way. No, like we come to the table with complex, different, seeing other person's side of view, empathy, sympathy, all of that is just like very, the basis of moral human standards or like the four agreements mm-hmm. is what the, the, is this? Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? I, I hear you. Yeah. I'm I right see that we need. So when you say that thought earlier, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. but then how people sometimes internalize that is, oh, I need people to think just like me or I need, yes. you, do you see what I'm I, saying? And, and there's, right. there mm-hmm. is, there's a hazard with that uh-huh. as well. And it's an important hazard to to heed, I think, right? As you're entering new relationships, right? That you're entering them genuinely with a desire to learn and express yourself without the desire to impose, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think part of it also go. I, for me, I can speak personally, but then I think I, I do actually think this is a way that people should try to be in life. It's to have your opinions, but also, like I said earlier about assuming that I know that there's so much that I don't know when I'm presenting an opinion, that's just how I'm thinking right now. And I'm presenting mm-hmm. it as such. I'm not presenting it as if this, generally speaking, is the way that I believe the world is or the world should be necessarily. That's just the way that I'm thinking in this moment based on the experiences that I've had thus far. But I also know that if you were to ask me two years into the future, five years into the future, one of the few constants in life is that change is inevitable. Another constant in life is death. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, I know that my mindset is going to be changing constantly. So this is only a self that you are experiencing because we happen to be sharing space or community at this particular moment in time. 2027, I have no idea what is going to be happening then, but I also know that odds are my opinions are going to have shifted. My reality is going to look much different. And I guess, you know, in mathematics, y'all know I majored in math. We always have, you can call them postulates, you can call them corollaries, but they're just Mm. these things that are matter of fact, right? There's no, there's nothing to prove because it's already been proven by theorists Mm -hmm. before and mathematicians before. So it's just Mm -hmm. something that you can utilize in practice because it's already been proven. And I feel like one of those corollaries or postulates for me is that, again, change is inevitable and I'm constantly changing. So Mm -hmm. this reality that I'm presenting to you is just, 
an experience of self that is going to evolve in the future. Yeah. And so I need you, if you really care about me as a and person, to, mm-hmm. and you do, to understand yep. that I'm going to change. And are you willing to grow with me? And that's that an answer that you have to find within yourself. Right. And it's a mutual engagement on everybody's part as we're mm-hmm. engaging in new relationships, experiencing old friends for the first time after not mm-hmm. seeing them for a little bit. And yeah. I think if we're able to engage in life with those mentalities, I think we're going to have stronger relationships in the and long less term. cancel culture too. Ooh, okay. Yes, we can because I, I think I really I no, we don't we don't we don't have to, but it just it rose that thought. I just thought, see yeah. less I, I see less sympathy for people who have big platforms. I'm seeing how the people who follow them are pulling things from their past from which and having a lack of understanding that people can grow and evolve and they want to quote unquote cancel the cancel culture has risen or is rising but that is also in like friendships as well as like people have this like okay if you are this way that way then you are that now and so therefore you are canceled and so just getting rid of that cancel culture for sure is what i'm hopeful about as we move forward or as we meet new people um or just people in general i just hope in this aftergrad moment that that we can let that behind us. Yeah. It can be less high school. Like you're not this, this, and this. So therefore you're done, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just seeing that we are very, people are very dynamic and it's never going to be understood. But one thing that can be understood and that can heal all is ultimately love. Mm. Um, and that is so complex in its own. And that is something I'm completely submitting to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm right. I'm right there with you. And I would just impose that challenge to mm-hmm. current aftergrads, forthcoming aftergrads. Congratulations once again on yes. graduating, walking the stage, whatever that reality looks like. Take mm-hmm. those grad pictures. I wish I could take those grad pictures for y'all if yeah. I was in your city. That'll happen in the future, I'm sure. Like we'll do like a little <laughs> aftergrad photo shoot situation. Heck I don't know. yeah. That would be really, really fun <laughs> with Victoria styling me, photographing your people, art directing. You know who you are out there. Yeah. You, you know, we got creative circles unlock they exist yeah yes that's that's what i want and that's the challenge that i'm imposing is just like leading 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 with love and and Mm. more understanding for yourself and for others and that's that's ultimately all you can do and also don't Mm -hmm. assume that you know what direction you're going and the types of relationships that are going to feed your soul like that's the other thing like we always have this idea Mm -hmm. on the types of relationships that are going to feed us but again Mm -hmm. like throw just please. And it's going to be so hard for some of you, easier for others, but really just like the last four years, I'm talking to new grads and then also people that have been out for a little bit too. Like if you are in a place of confusion, I really just want to challenge you to throw everything that you have thought to be true out the window and Mm -hmm. just start anew with new building blocks in terms Mm -hmm. of relationships, in terms of emotions that you have had, in terms of experiences that you feel like you want in the future really mm-hmm. just break it all down and mm-hmm. start from scratch mm-hmm. this can look many different ways for example journaling meditation but then mm-hmm. going back to another article titled solitude and loneliness one of the ways that we get solitude and loneliness but primarily solitude wrong is thinking that we are in isolation physically mm-hmm. but one of the ways to be in solitude is by communicating with another person who has shown you that they are willing to listen and also want to grow with you. So live in those moments of solitude, but also find other mm-hmm. people that you can confide in and express yourself fully without hesitation. That's that's mm-hmm. important. Express mm-hmm. like 
having no filter. We have those moments all the time, you and me, Victoria, where we're just yeah. being completely unfiltered. Even moments too, like I know we said that we wanted to talk about this in the future, but like our relationship too, it's not like we always agree on everything. And that's right. the beauty of our relationship yes. too. It's like, even when we have moments of disagreement, it's like, no, I'm sitting here because I, I have seen better days and because I respect mm -hmm. the relationship, not even necessarily mm -hmm. you, even though I do have respect for you, but it's like the, 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 the thing, the, the intangible relationship that we have both contributed hours and hours of time towards means something and matters and mm -hmm. far outweighs the dispute that we're having mm -hmm. in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I need more people to be willing to fight for yeah. these relationships that you've yeah. took time to build. That Anywho. way, that <laughs> oh way. Goodness. Oh my God, it's, it's, literally, it's literally leading me to another reference. Oprah and um, Michelle Obama recently had, um, it was her finale tour of her new book that just came out. The Light We Carry recently came out and Michelle Obama was on her, her last showcase of the book with Oprah in California. And they did a quick a review over the love with the love between her and um, Barack Obama. And mm. she said, y'all's generation, y'all don't know <laughs> that love takes work. Relationships take work. Being isolated and having community and, you know, spreading love in that takes a lot of work. But there's so many people today who don't want to put in that work or be real with that. And they just want to cut. They want to cut. They want to cancel or they want to put themselves in solitude. And she was like, y'all have no idea. Y'all talking about, oh, that's um, she said that's love goals. But I was mad at him in that photo. <laughs> but anyway, but I just think um, that was just another just another scope of what we're talking about today in terms of like being real with yourself on what this actually looks like on what um, having people who are there for you through good and bad, what it actually looks like and what it takes to create that um, is essential and doing it by yourself is not necessarily the answer, but we'll get into that on another day because there's also ways in this moment we feel very alone because we're hustling, mm -hmm. right? There's also that, like, I don't have time. I'm busy. Yes. That, that is a, that is a component, but that, you know, doesn't take away from the fact that you need people around you. All right, Aftergrads, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Aftergrad podcast. If you enjoy, definitely be sure to keep up with us and stay updated with us on our Instagram, which is at the Aftergrad podcast. If you enjoyed our visual version, make sure to check out our YouTube channel there. You can subscribe and be notified of our latest releases. We also have a newsletter where you can keep up with some of the things that we're reading and resources that we like to share. It's Unlearned, so subscribe to Unlearn if you're not already. And last but not least, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Not only are we very grateful for this, but it helps us grow this ever-growing community of Aftergrads. 